0: So loud, you guys. Uh, Each of you was thinking if I yell, they'll think that I'm excited for the show. But you didn't think if all of us yell, what's that (laughs) going to be like for them? And the answer is pretty scary, if I'm being completely honest.
1: Hi, I'm Rachel McElroy. (laughs) Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful.
0: This is a... Uh, just
1: feels like we're milking it a little bit. A little it. bit. <laughs> uh,
0: this is a show where we talk about things we like that are good and we're into. Uh, we used to do a podcast about The Bachelor, and then it stopped fulfilling those three categories. And so now we just talk about whatever the hell. Uh, and we've been going almost 200 episodes strong. And today... We're going to...
1: I think it's more than that.
0: Is it real? You might be right, actually. (laughs) Uh, So today, we're going to focus on the local season that has just started. Rachel and I are ready to get your summer kicked off right.
1: With a show about autumn.
0: With an (laughs) autumn-based show. Summer is just autumn eve, if you think about it.
1: Wait, can we... Can we do small wonders? Of
0: course, yes. Well, oh my God, how could I? Do you have any small wonders? Can I do two really quick ones? Oh,
1: Yeah. Okay. First of all, I purposely brought my drink out on stage. So you have I to could, do it right into the mic. I know, so I could do it. Okay, thing okay, okay. I was worried you weren't going to do never it. Never gotten to do before. Okay. Paul always is... does it for you.
0: That that got absolutely all over you. This
1: is Thank you, Paul. That's why we have Paul do it. Thank you.
0: This dress was, it's got pockets, I see.
1: The dress has pockets.
0: The dress has pockets, that's very fun. Your dress was also going to be one of my small wonders, so I'm glad that. So I've only got the one, and it's um, the water pressure in our hotel shower. Um, We talked about it backstage just now uh, because I didn't, like, love it, like, the experience of it because it was so fearsome. (laughs) But at the same time, showers are meant to kind of revitalize you, right? Uh Um, And I'm pretty sure this shower activated my fight-or-flight response. (laughs) Which got me ready for the show, and so I do thank you for that strong shower. I don't want you at home strong shower. I don't want to use you every day. You would peel the skin <laughs> off of my bones. Um, but as a sometimes food, I, do, I'm, I like a strong shower.
1: Okay, so we're talking about summer. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to talk about is the, uh, a particular type of movie, which is the summer camp movie. yes. And I also included in that is summer camp television as well. Um, Have you ever been, you've gone to like church camp, right?
0: Uh, North Carolina's own centrifuge for good Southern (laughs) Baptists. That is here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I can't believe it's called centrifuge.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it gets all the sin out. (laughs) On the last day, they put you in a big mechanical arm and they spin you till all the sin comes out
1: you see people drop to the bottom if it's just not possible.
0: (laughs) The number of hand job stories that I overheard just in the one session that I would go to per summer was absolutely (laughs) outrageous.
1: Wait, from like the other campers or the counselors? The cooler campers,
0: not the counselors.
1: Well, I thought maybe they would show up and like, you know, try and show off to each other. Cool, cool, cool. Not like by doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so there's a couple different types of summer camp uh, media. There's uh, I categorized it as the ones that are about the counselors, the ones that are about the kids, yeah, the ones that are just scary, yeah, um, and then another type that I'll get to in a minute. But uh, okay, so the ones about the counselors, of course, we've got Wet Hot American Summer.
0: Sure, can't beat it.
1: Which I don't. I don't know if you all saw that when you were a young person, but I was not expecting it to take the turn that it no. does pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, seeing um, Frazier's David Hyde Pierce be <laughs> uproariously funny in a film really ch- changed my mind about it. I would say it was formative for me in sort of my own walk with Frazier. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then there's Meatballs. Have you watched any of the Meatballs
0: films? No, and based on the audience's reaction to that, I think <laughs> I made the right choice. It sounds like maybe it has a bit of a, a mixed legacy. Uh, let's well,
1: say. I watched the first one. I didn't realize there was one. So there's, the first one's 79, then 84, then 87, then 92, and then they called it.
0: It's like 7-Up. They were doing it at regular intervals <laughs> just to show you how summer camp was changing in a realistic and wholesome way.
1: Okay, the ones that are my favorite are the ones that are about the kids. Of course. Uh, originally, I was going to do just a whole segment on Salute Your Shorts. Mm. But then I thought maybe our audience trended a little bit younger than us, and I didn't just know... Just show of hands,
0: who's never heard Salute Your Shorts thinks Rachel's just making stuff up? That Whoa. is... <laughs> hey, what's up, audience? <laughs> yeah, all right. This is great, because half the audience just had the reaction we have a lot of the time... We need to figure out a way <laughs> to. It would be f- wild if we could manage to just seat people based on how they answer that question. <laughs> anyway.
1: Um, Salute Your Shorts was only on one season from 1991 to you 1992. Are kidding me. Yeah. Well, I guess, no, technically there were two seasons, but it was only on from 91 to 92. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, because the first season is Michael, the second season is Pinsky. Right. Um, incredible Nickelodeon show. I don't know how you can see it if you want to, but it's very well done.
0: <laughs> very well done.
1: <laughs> I think so. The
0: cinematography on Salute Your Shorts is beyond compare. It
1: has kind of like a freaks and geeks quality in that it's like real kids. They're not made up. They're like people you would actually see if you were a young person, which yeah. is not something. I had a friend named Donkey Lips in school. <laughs> Uh and then okay, Campus Scary is Friday the 13th, of course.
0: Sleep Sleepaway Camp as well, another Yeah, scary yeah, yeah. One.
1: Here's the thing, this is not a comprehensive list, I should no, say. No, 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 no. Did you see any of the Friday the 13ths? Uh
0: yeah, I've seen the I've seen uh, the first one and then <laughs> the one where uh a child turns into bugs? No, that's Halloween 3 actually I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some of them, huh? They're all the same.
1: Yeah, from what I understand they're basically all the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's a special genre that I called The Lead is the Story. And of course, I'm talking about Ernst Goddess to Camp. Right. And I'm going to argue also that fits in that category is Troop Beverly Hills.
0: Now, is that Camp, Troop Beverly Hills? Is that? Camp? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it in a million years. Yeah, so.
1: it's uh, Shelley Long. Right. Uh, and she's got a, a group of campers, and she's trying to kind of prove herself. Sounds as funny.
0: A... It sounds good so far. <laughs>
1: um, and then there's this kind of other kind of nebulous mix where there seems to be kind of a camp element, like uh, Dirty Dancing, for example. Yeah, sure. Um, Adventureland kind of has that. Yeah. Uh, but again, that. Not technically a summer camp property.
0: I want to give a special shout out to Bug Juice, my one of my all-time favorite reality shows. It was a summer camp reality show, straight up that Disney did in like 1996 or something, fairly fairly early on. I had never seen
1: it, and we watched it, as I recall, early in our courtship. Still
0: so good. (laughs) There's a little bit of indoctrination that goes on, but it's so good.
1: Uh, yeah, so that is that is. I I have never gone to like a sleepaway camp. I've I've done like a day camp, but I've never had the full like matching T-shirt. It's, like
0: yeah, it's fun because kind whole deal. You miss all you missed out on is the worst part of going to camp,
1: <laughs> yeah, which that's is fair. sleeping
0: <laughs> on a plastic bed in a room with thirty other people. <laughs> okay. Oh, Night camp is the worst part. Day camp is good to go. No, you're right. You're I'd rather sleep in my own, own home. Speaking of bug juice, my first thing, summer is the season of great bugs. Um, I recognize that summertime also invites mosquitoes to the yeah. equation, and they're the worst bugs. And so, like, I guess objectively speaking, winter is the best season for bugs. Um, but if I had to pick the season f- that had the best bugs in it, it would be summertime. Because we get our... yeah. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. How about our glowing friends, the fireflies? Yeah, okay. Hello. Or lightning bug, if you grew up in certain enlightened parts of this great nation of ours. <laughs> These are the best bugs, hands down. I can't, I'm, I don't think there's another bug that lights up. Is there? I don't think so. Is there any, is there any other tech bug? <laughs> I don't think, I think so, so. Probably. I hear so many, so so much dissent from the audience right now. <laughs> I think if Bugs put a little bit more work into their presentation as in general, we would all be we would all be bigger bug fans.
1: Well, I mean there's like the ladybug, you know. The ladybug's
0: great. But we love the lady.
1: Dragonfly is a showy Dragonfly
0: bug. Dragonfly is great. But don't light up. But they don't light up is the only thing. Can you imagine a ladybug came out and you were like, "Oh, look a ladybug." And then it was like That'd be so great. We have crickets on the ones and twos, generating natural white noise for us. For all the campers and open-window sleepers out there, thank you so much. That's so cool of you crickets. Um, I'll give half credit on this point to Cicadas, uh, the sort of overzealous cousin of crickets who go a little bit too hard on the ones and twos, and then they leave their desiccated corpses around all hither and yon. I
1: love, can I just say, I love when you come at a segment like you're a trial lawyer.
0: <laughs> and then we get June bugs, which can be a garden pest from what I understand. Again, a lot of dissent and groans coming from the audience right now. Um, but I don't keep a garden, so whenever I see one of these just iridescent emerald beauties scuttling my way, I get so excited. More bugs should look like precious gemstones. Next topic.
1: (laughs) Okay, I wanted to talk about something. It is a product that I associate with Summer, and that is the product that is called Sun-In. Sun-In? Okay. Sun-In? Yes. Not Sun-In? Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're more casual. Okay.
0: (laughs) I don't know Sun-In like that.
1: Do you know what I'm talking about, I have though? no
0: idea what you're talking about.
1: Okay. It, it is a spray that you would put in your hair, and it would encourage the natural lightening of your hair okay. if you were outside. Okay. This, this, none of this is familiar to you. Not at all. Interesting. No,
0: it may surprise you to learn I don't put a lot of thought into what my hair does or looks like or how it goes. You
1: say that, but I know that you have a highlighting experience.
0: Yeah. Y'all aren't ready for that story. No. I'm, t- I'm telling y'all, you're not ready for that story.
1: It was when he was a child. This is uh, not yeah, recent. this was not... Uh, uh,
0: and by child, you mean probably 16 years
1: okay. old. Wow. It
0: was involuntary. I will say that.
1: <laughs> you make it sound like a prank. Like you woke up and your brother said... It had... may have been. Okay. Uh, so Sun-In first became popular in the 70s. And here's the, here was the like, catchphrase that I enjoyed. Just spray Sun-In under the sun and see what happens. That sucks.
0: <laughs> I'm going to need a lit. If I'm walking down the grocery store through the sprays aisle... And I see that. I'm going to need a little bit more information. I know. Thank you.
1: Well, see, and that was the thing. So sun in, it was basically hydrogen peroxide. Cool.
0: <laughs> and can't, s- can't say that. Under, in parentheses, <laughs> see what happens. It's hydrogen peroxide. It's going to burn a bit.
1: Uh, hydrogen peroxide and lemon juice. Uh, so yeah, let's hope Delicious. you don't have any cuts, I yeah. guess, on your scalp. <laughs> um,
0: you How, how on... God's green earth, would you know if you had cuts on your scalp? <laughs> I guess sun in. I guess you spray sun in.
1: So, hydrogen peroxide, I mean, it, it acts similar to bleach in that it strips the pigment from your hair, but yeah. it really only was effective in the way it was intended on people that were already blonde. Because what would happen is if you had darker hair, is that your hair would turn orange. So that makes the catchphrase of just see what happens. Sure.
0: No, it is a roll of the dice, it sounds like.
1: Uh, and also, if you had already dyed your hair, again, you couldn't really predict how the chemical was going to interact with so the dye fun. in your hair. So fun. I
0: love not knowing how chemicals interact on my body.
1: Uh, and so this, this, still, this still exists today. Now they add things like, you know, botanical extracts like aloe.
0: That's not doing the work though, we all know who's <laughs> carrying the load on that one um, I'm going to say it's probably 99% hydrogen peroxide doing the work and then yeah. lemon juice comes in at the end just for the, the smell of
1: it Again, just so my connection to it I did try using it and it did turn my hair orange. Um, that can be a cool look though <laughs> Vitamin C One
0: Paramore did it for a bit I think so, um, I'm going to talk about local library summer reading programs.
1: There you go. Now, now you've got them. Now, now
0: they're hooked. <laughs> this, this group hates bugs, loves books. Um, summer is... Like unschool, and I love that about it, and I would never take that away from summer, but as it turns out if you 're a young person and then you just like chill on like reading or learning for three months, there is a little bit of retention issues there that, yeah that it 's literally
1: up. called summer learning loss it and, is a thing <laughs> and that is why
0: ninety five percent of libraries across the country offer some kind of summer reading yeah. program uh, both for kids uh, and and adults. Uh, And historically, it takes the sort of otherwise arduous process of getting a book and opening it and making the information in it go inside your Mm -hmm, brain mm -hmm. and gamifying it, baby. I could not care less about reading for most of my youth um, because it was always in a sort of quiet competition with my Super Nintendo and (laughs) the odds... (laughs) never favorite books. And
1: in some ways still is, I think. And in some ways still (laughs) is. That's a great
0: point. But the Campbell County Public Library, where I grew up,
1: hell yeah!
0: Uh, They had a summer reading program when I was younger where there was like a little folding game board. And every time you finished a book, you got entered into a raffle for like huge prizes. And then you would roll a dice and move around the game board. And if you landed on special prize spaces, you would get even more prizes. (laughs) I this think one is year, unreal. There was like a Razor scooter up for raffle one year and like a Tamagotchi. It was so great. Uh, and so, yeah, that got me into it um, because all of a sudden reading wasn't just some like extracurricular like hobby <laughs> through which I could enrich myself. It was something that could be won. Um
1: Do you remember any of the prizes you got?
0: I never won any of the big, like, raffle ones because there were a lot of overachievers in my neighborhood. (laughs) Um, But I definitely got a few consolation prizes. They would give out old books, which (laughs) was (laughs) always sort of a grab bag.
1: (laughs) Congratulations for finishing this book. Your your prize is another book. Really
0: outdated, really problematic encyclopedias. (laughs)
1: to get 50% off.
0: Oh my gosh. Hi, it's me, Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture game show, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play a whole host of games, like one where I describe a show using limerick and our guests have to figure out what it is. Let's do one right now. What show am I talking about? This podcast has game after game and brilliant guests who come play him. The host is named Dave. It could be your fave. So try it. Life won't be the same. Uh, a big business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Close, but no. Oh, is it Troubled Waters, the pop culture quiz show with all your favorite comedians? Yes, Troubled Waters is the answer. To this question and all of my life's problems. Now, legally, we actually can't guarantee that. But you can find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: J. Keith, do you know what I love more than the trivia, comedy, and celebrity guests on our podcast? Go fact yourself. No, what, Helen? Sharing all of those things with an actual audience, a live
0: audience. Woohoo! Well, lucky for you listeners, Go Fact Yourself has brand new episodes featuring live audiences cheering on guests every month. And we still have all of our Zoom episodes with contestants and experts from around the world.
1: We can truly have it all! Yay! You can hear it all twice a month, every month, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts.
0: Yeah, no excuses. So if you're not listening,
1: you can go Fact Yourself!
0: What do you got next?
1: Okay, so you mentioned Rose Buddies, and I wanted to do a little return to form and talk about the short-lived television program, Bachelor Pad. Oh, Bachelor Pad. Mm -hmm. I'm scared to ask, but can you raise your hand if you watch Bachelor Pad? Oh, there's like seven people here. (laughs) But the hands are high. The hands are high and (laughs) proud. Actually, that's not true. I saw a lot of neck height... (laughs) So we watched Bachelor Pad. Uh, It only lasted three seasons and was cancelled in 2012. The thing that was unique about it, I mean there were a lot of things but the biggest thing was that instead of a show to find love, it was a show to win $250,000. Fantastic. And the idea was, I mean, it was kind of like a road rules, real world challenge kind of thing. In that they would bring back previous contestants from The Bachelor and Bachelorette, and then have them compete in games together. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of like each week, which you know is probably like three days, if I understand yeah. the reality <laughs> probably television, probably like
0: nineteen hours of shooting.
1: Each cast member would go into a voting room and drop a headshot of a person they wanted to go home in a wooden box. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the thing I wanted to talk about specifically was season three, uh, because when I was looking into this show and trying to figure out why did it end, because Griffin and I preferred it to
0: Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise, the, the inferior product in so many ways.
1: Season three, there is a week where there is a new rule, where instead of voting out one man and one woman, the entire cast would vote out a woman, and then that woman could pick whoever they wanted to leave.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that. Didn't they get Michael, uh, what's his face?
1: Yeah, well, spoiler. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, I was reading an article in a reputable publication called Life and Style Magazine. And they talked about how they think that this broke the show. Uh, Some might say it was a decrease in ratings, but others would say it is because what happened was they were all pretty sure they were going to vote out this one woman named Erica Rose who had been in season two. And they were going to try and make it seem like Chris Bukowski, who is like a franchise legend. Yeah. They were going to make it seem like he was leading the charge so when she got voted out, she would take him. No. No. And so what he did is he took her into the voting room and said, look, I'm not voting for you. And he put somebody else's headshot in the box and walked out. So she ends up taking Michael Michael Stagliano, Stagliano. (laughs) uh, who had led the whole charge and was like the most popular. The star of the season. The most popular guy on the show. The audience
0: surrogate for the entire show.
1: The other thing that happened that season Mm -hmm. is that The Prisoner's Dilemma.
0: Oh, boy, howdy.
1: (laughs) So at the very end, there is a man and woman, and they have the option to say they're going to keep the money or they're going to split the money. With each other. Yes, with each other. Season one and two, both winners said, we'll split it.
0: I love you so much. I would never do this to you. You're the love of my life. I would never take the money from you. There's
1: like this gentleman's agreement of like, oh, we don't. I would
0: never burn myself down on national television like that. That bad. No way. Let's split it, babe.
1: Uh, And so the other twist is that if both contestants choose keep, then the remaining eliminated contestants get to split Split the the money money, among all of them.
0: It's great. It's a lot of fun. It's horrible. It's great. So mean. So fun.
1: So it came down to Nick and then this woman named Rachel Trueheart. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, you can't make that up. That's unreal. (laughs) If you're playing a prisoners
0: to live a game and you find out that your opponent (laughs) is named Rachel Trueheart, you're like, well, I think I know which answer to pick.
1: So she, of course, voted to, or she said she was going to split the money, and Nick said he was going to keep it, and he left with the whole pot, and people were outraged.
0: So angry. And all the
1: eliminated contestants on stage, like, what? Here's the thing,
0: those and two... And then
1: she was like, I carried you. Yeah. You wouldn't have gotten here without me. Those two were
0: kind of the remainders from when all the other couples coupled up. And so they, he was like, we don't...
1: We don't yeah, owe each know. other like, anything. This yeah. is a
0: game and I won. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, you can't do it again after that though. Exactly. That's the problem. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But, so so the show no longer exists. They've always kind of teased that it might come back, yeah. but never as as pure and beautiful as that third season.
0: Yeah. Um real quick shorts. Uh these are the small pants that you can wear uh in the hot weather. <laughs> uh keeps the bottom part of your legs cool and the upper part of your legs sort of ventilated. Um This is a sad confession. I used to never really like shorts. I would really look forward to when summer would end and fall would come because then all of a sudden I could get back into my friend jeans. Why
1: Why didn't you like shorts?
0: Um, Well, it, it was because they looked bad on me, but then I realized only a few years ago that I needed to use a much, 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 much higher inseam than what I was doing. Like... Like, much higher inseam than I was doing. I don't wear, like, any kind of, like, outrageously high inseam. It's just that they were so low before.
1: Well, you were part of the, like, great cargo reckoning of, like, 20, what, 12? It Feels right? I'll
0: tell you this. It was pretty quickly after we started dating. So... (laughs) 20, I would say late 2011 yeah. is when a lot of people started to look at me and my cargo pants wearing friends, cargo shorts wearing friends, and say, You still wearing those, huh? <laughs> I can't stand long pants now that I've just discuss- I hate, got. I hate this. <laughs> um, I think that shorts tell a story <laughs> to the world when you wear them in public. Because if you see someone in shorts, if you see me in shorts on the street, you know I'm not going to the White House. Um,
1: Whereas otherwise, you would think, maybe.
0: Okay, if you saw someone (laughs) who you didn't know was a clown man professionally, (laughs) I'm not going to choir practice at church in my shorts. Yes, I'm down to party, and I hope that you are as well. Um, In high school, I did experiment with the legs that could zip off of them. Oh, man. Which was offensive to see uh, the, the transformation process. It also introduced unsightly, unnecessary seams at different points in your legs um, that no one really liked. Neither in long pant form nor in shorts form did these look good, but I like having options available to me. Mm-hmm. I like being able to adjust to my climate. Uh-huh. Um, uh Because I'm cold-blooded like a lizard man. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. So, I have an option here. Okay.
0: Long pants or shorts?
1: No. First, I would like to take you to the poetry corner. Oh, I'd love
0: to. <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the poetry calling, toss salad and scramble poems.
1: <laughs> it's so confusing. Hey, baby, I seem
0: a bit confused. But baby, I've got some poems. But I don't know what to do about those tall salad and scrambled poems. (laughs) They're calling again. Scrambled poems all over my face. That's gross.
1: Uh, Whenever you do that, I always like thinking about the people in the audience that have never listened to our show before and are just super confused right now. Or watched Frasier
0: is another possibility. (laughs) People might be in the audience, never watch Frasier, be like, that was good.
1: <laughs> Did he come up with that? That sounded good. Um, <laughs> you act as if you and your brothers don't reference Frasier every single episode. Okay, so I have two different poets here because I feel like we only really have time for one. Yes. We, I have a poet that's kind of funny. Okay. And a poet uh, that is pretty, but kind of a downer.
0: All right, let's raise our hands for funny. Whoa, wait, wait! wait, shh, 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 raise your hands for funny, please. Yeah, that's how I thought you'd go. Raise your hands for downer.
1: So we're going downer. You're gonna regret that. Well, so, okay, so a poem about summer, like, I think what you're picturing is like a very, like, like sensual experience, right?
0: Absolutely! (laughs)
1: The funny poem doesn't really have that. Okay. So I I wanted a spare.
0: A sad, sensual poem. Great. Let's go.
1: So the poet is Lucia Perillo, and she grew up in the suburbs of New York. Uh, She earned a BS in wildlife management from McGill um, and then got her MA in English at Syracuse. Uh, She was diagnosed with MS when she was in her 30s and wrote a collection of essays called I've Heard the Vultures Singing, which is like a real examination into her life as a person with disabilities. Uh, She's won a MacArthur Genius Grant, um, and she lived in Washington State uh, until she passed away in 2016. Uh, The poem I wanted to read is Early Cascade. I couldn't have waited. By the time you return, it would have rotted on the vine. So I cut the first tomato into eights, salted the pieces in the dusk, and found the flesh not mealy like last year's, or bitter, even when I swallowed the green crown of the stem that made my throat feel dusty and warm. (sighs) Pah! I could have gagged on the sweetness, the miser accused by her red sums. Better had I eaten the dirt itself on this first night in my life, when I have not been too busy for my loneliness, At last, it comes. Lovely. That
0: was really good. I didn't think it was that big of a downer. It's a
1: little bit of a downer.
0: It made me hungry for tomatoes. (laughs) Which is the power of poetry.
1: (laughs) There's like, for me, there's nothing more summer than a tomato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a watermelon. Yeah but yeah no this is a beautiful poem I I mean uh, first of all I love I love the the, just the experience the idea of like swallowing the stem which I just I mean I thought maybe would appeal to you as somebody who's Rachel
0: (laughs) I have never been so betrayed on stage before
1: um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the reason I thought it was kind of bummer is that it's somebody who like finally has this moment of this like kind of beautiful time to herself. And then she realizes like how lonely she is in that moment. Yeah. I find that, that very like, you know, relatable and also sad. Yeah.
0: How we feeling audience? <laughs> Woo! That was lovely. Thank you. Uh, to close things out here, uh, we're going to go a little bit long, but I worked really hard on this next part, so I have created a definitive ranking of songs with the word summer in the title of them. This is a very scientific thing, and so because it's science, you can't argue against it. (laughs) Um, I'm not talking about summer hits. That's a different thing. I'm talking specifically about where summer is in the title of the thing. So integral to the DNA of the song, they had to put it in the on the tin. Um, I haven't ranked all of them, obviously. Um, I've got the top five with a tie. Um, but again, unimpeachably correct. However, I do have a song that I have placed in infinitieth place. And that song is, of course, Summer Nights from Greece. <laughs> This entire musical... And by the way, we're pretty sure our kids are watching downstairs, so we're not cussing a whole lot here. But know that I would otherwise. This whole musical... This show is the musical equivalent of, like, a nostalgic boomer Facebook post. (laughs) At this point. And this song is the worst offender of the bunch. And obviously... There's, there's a lot of these, and the discussion about uh, consent has surely come a long way since this musical was first released 100 years ago. Um, but surely someone was in the room when they played this one, and they heard the line, Did she put up a fight? And they went, mm, I actually maybe don't do that. Actually, mm, that actually sucks. Let's get into it. Fifth place. We have a tie for fifth place. The first song that is tied for fifth place is The Boys of Summer by Don Henley.
1: I don't think this is for me.
0: Very little of Don Henley's music is. Um... This is an interesting one. And by this, I mean Don Henley is interesting <laughs> to me. Because he, uh, he wrote like three good songs and like 200 really bad ones. And I don't know how someone with that bad of a hit rate writes a, a certified banger like the Boys of Summer. Um, but it's, it's a sad look back at a sad man's life, uh, which featured many summers and many babes. <laughs> um, and with that description, that song should not go so hard, but it really does. Yeah. And so thank you for that, Mr. Henley. Tied for fifth place, I'm going to give it to Summertime by Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Chats.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: We can fade that. (laughs) Here's the thing. I didn't let you hear Will Smith there because I think, and this is controversial, I think this is one of Will Smith's okayest performances. But it is, without a doubt, DJ Jazzy Jeff's crowning achievement. (laughs) Will wrote this song in a flight. He was flying and he wrote it. He came home. He recorded it with a sore throat, which made him come in at a much lower register than he usually does, which, like, couldn't have waited. <laughs> um, but the real hero of this is DJ Jazzy Jeff, whose contributions are just next level. That rising synth arpeggio is iconic. It is paradigm shifting. And more <laughs> notably, it's a sample from Cool in the Gang's Summer Madness. So technically, it's two summer songs in one. Wow. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Jazzy okay. Jeff. Okay. Fourth place, we're going to give it to Summertime by Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong.
1: classing up the joint right now.
0: Um, this is the song everyone knows from the musical Porgy and Bess uh, by Gershwin. Uh, and this is probably the version that everyone knows the best because it has two musical titans just blowing out the limiters yeah. and just letting her rip. Ugh. I like to think about if any other person had been in the room with Ella Fitzgerald and she was like, all right, I'm going to sing. And then the other person, any other person other than Louis Armstrong was like, okay, go for it. Zab, 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 zap. You're singing, right? Go for it. Don't let me get in the way. Zab, 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 zab. <laughs> but it works. It, it has a different song that, vibe than any other song on this list, which I will grant it, but it also has a different vibe than most other songs because I can't think of one off the top of my head that I, was, I would describe as a sultry lullaby. Yeah, okay. But here we are, third place. Summer Breeze by Seals and Crofts.
1: Yeah, took me a second. Here it comes. Can I say, this is what it is like riding in the car with Griffin. (laughs) I genuinely think if
0: it was the early 70s and you were on some sort of sailing vessel and you put this song on, it would power the boat. (laughs) Yes, yes. I, I, I harbor a great fondness for the Yacht Rock era, and this one checks all the boxes. It's got smooth riffs. Uh-huh. It's got gentle falsetto lyrics. Yes. It's got absolute garbage nonsense lyrics. <laughs> you tell me what flowing through the jasmine in my mind means? I don't know, but I do know that the drums are so crisp. And those falsettos (laughs) are so high, and uh, I could I could just rest my head upon this song like a like a soft pillow. (laughs) Second place, we're gonna give it to "Hot Fun in the Summertime" by Sly and the Family Stone. Mm. Say about this one. It's just a complete bop start to finish. Uh, it's just this funky little 3-4 time, little celebration of summer. Uh, it's, it it really does talk about a lot of summer things, which I appreciate. It's like, it's like this episode, if it were a musical and very, very good. Um, (laughs) Sly and the Family Stone didn't use strings in their songs, like hardly at all, which makes this song also kind of special. The orchestration of this is just like out of sight. It's got those, those rising horns and those little constant, little playful staccato piano hits, uh, that bass that just goes on a voyage. Uh, I just, I love this song, but it's not number one. Number one is gonna have to go to, um. Summer girls by LFO <laughs> Back home, Macaulay Cookin wasn't home alone Felt deep in love but now we ain't speaking Michael J Fox was Alex P King When I met you I said my name was Rich You look like a girl from Abercrombie and Fitch New kids on the block had a bunch of hits Chinese food makes me sick <laughs> make us fly
1: when girls stop by for the summer for the summer I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch Thank you. I feel so betrayed by you right now. <laughs> now you know how I feel.
0: Sometimes when songwriters give into their every creative impulse, the weight of hubris can pull the resulting work down into a kind of music hell. And this is exactly what happened with Summer Girls (laughs) by LFO. But the vision of this song, the guiding force of let's write the best summertime song ever, including references to every conceivable, not just summer stuff, but just stuff from the writer's whole childhood is very powerful. So many songs try to capture something bigger than like themselves. And I think it's notable that this is a song that teaches you not only what makes the writer horny, but also what makes him very sick. Um, and also, for some reason, some quick IMDB credits for Macaulay Culkin and Michael J. Fox. It also has the tremendous, tremendous, I don't know if I would even call it a rhyme, uh, but I believe it goes, uh, when she drinks, she's ju- she'll buzz like a hornet. Billy Shakespeare wrote a whole bunch of sonnets.
1: <laughs> okay, you know what? I forgot
0: about that. That's good. That's really good <laughs> because it, either, it means you've either got to say the word hornet like sonnet or sonnet like hornet, <laughs> and he split between them and made them both into I words know. that don't really exist in, <laughs> in the real physical space. That's Summer Girls by LFO, a bad song with a truly... Pioneering vision (laughs) for summer music that I appreciate. That's it for us today. Thank you all so much. Um, Thank you all so much for being here. We'll be back later. Bye.